Hey guys, Ryan here. Before we go any further, a word of warning to headphones users. The audio for this episode is a bit out of whack due to a new recording method we tried. In the future, we will try to amend the issue. That being said, on this week's episode, we interviewed top Kill Team players Alex and Emmanuel from Strategic Advantage, Glass Half Dead, and Bearned 40k to find out who they think will win the Command Point Invitational Grand Final. Alex the Kid Rutner Eric and his Althway Asuyani will be taking on Mad Howell and his Novak Necrons on Monday, May 25th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific. Tune in to twitch.tv slash commandpoint to watch it all go down live. And without further ado, let's get to the interviews. Okay, everybody, we are here right now with a, another pair of content creators. Uh, this is Alex and Emmanuel from Strategic Advantage here to talk to us today about the the grand final matchup here between Matt and Alex Rutnerek. So, how's it going, guys? Doing well. Good. Yeah. I'm Emmanuel for anyone who doesn't recognize my voice. And the other yeah, boy from the webway is Alex. Yeah. Great. So, uh, I mean, obviously we're we're coming up close on the uh, on the finale of this this tournament that's been going on for. I guess just a little over, like almost a month and a half now, maybe. I haven't really been keeping exact track, but... <laughs> Feels like the better part of this year. Yeah, honestly. Things <laughs> are dragged out. So I guess before we even get into the, the players and looking at who is actually in this uh, situation here, um, it's Necrons versus Asuriani. So this is something that we saw, I mean, two factions that had pretty good performances on this packet at the actual LVO tournament. So it's not a huge surprised to see uh, those two represented here in the uh, in the final two. Ostriani was at LVO? Really? <laughs> I didn't play three of my seven games against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Alex, you actually have a lot of experience playing uh, Ostriani on LVO, so um, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about like what it was like coming up against that so often at the... Uh, at the actual tournament? Well, it was sort of a, I mean, playing against Asayani is sort of like this weird alternate dimension mirror match for me as an ad mech player, because the, the two factions really want to play very similarly. Um, they, you know, they both kind of, they're both quite happy shooting at you, but they both got, you know, some melee threats that can, uh, that can do some damage. Uh, Asuyani's probably leaning a little more heavy on the melee than I do, but I, I think this this whole game this that we're going to see, this uh, Eldar versus Necrons, is sort of like, again, this like bizarro world matchup of me versus Emmanuel. Like the, <laughs> Especially like, when you uh, look at the lists, yeah. Yeah, it really, it's, you know, the instead of Evil Sun's Orcs versus Metallica Admech, it's Althway, uh, Althway Eldar versus Novak uh, Krons, which is I mean, there's not really any difference, let's be honest, right? <laughs> They're basically the same. They both have uh, a decent amount of numbers to play with, so you're not having one swinging in the super elite direction. You also have a unique situation here just with um, the list that, uh, that Matt's bringing um, is very, very, very skewed in the melee side of for better or for worse, he's going to have to go up against uh, some of the better shooting in this game. Um, but 
having those reanimation protocols in his back pocket are going to help a lot with that approach. Yeah, I mean, Alex has, has been in this matchup before with Necrons on this very packet, and he, he has a habit of, of rolling quite a few sixes on those reanimations. <laughs> He's kind of notoriously frustrated with the whole thing of having to play against Necrons. He's had to slog through all of the Necrons, is that right? Yeah, just I mean, about. I think there's some kind of thing and just like a like a repeating thing throughout the kind of the history of like competitive kill team. If you get into the later stages of a tournament, chances are you might have to beat a Necron to uh, to win the whole thing. And I think this kind of goes back to, I mean, you had like Necron Chuck, what was it, like two years ago, like crushing with Necrons and, and making it to the top tables. So, I mean, two years later, they've they've kind of survived through any like quote unquote meta or any kind of packet changes. They're still dominant. Yeah, I think it'd be a fair statement to say if if you make it to like the quote unquote finals of a of a GT or or something like a major, then you've either probably had to play Necrons or your opponent has had to play Necrons to get there. Yeah, or fair. one of you are Necrons. Mm -hmm. So I guess now is like a good time to look at the actual rosters and, and I guess kind of see how they stack up against one another. So we're talking about Necrons right now, so we might as well look at Matt Howell's roster. Uh, I mean, Manuel, I know you got the chance to look at it and kind mm -hmm. of pile over it um what are your thoughts um flayed ones are good and uh, matt seems to uh, agree with that um just kind of picking his brain as far as how he would want to play this he he has two options for a leader on this list he could either go with the necron warrior um which is um which is either that or a flayed one as leader he didn't he didn't opt for a lich guard um, leader. He only ever will just take one Lich Guard, um, maybe, um, unless he wants to have a ton of uh, Lich Guard specialists. Um, he has one listed for each specialism, um, and then a bunch of Flayed Ones and a bunch of Necron Warriors. Looking at this list, though, it seems like the kind of list I would build if I really just wanted to play melee but ran out of ran out of specialisms to throw the melee units I wanted to bring, so I threw on a bunch of warriors at the end. Um, I am not. I haven't seen any of Matt's games, so I'm not sure if he actually brings those warriors to potentially hold a back point and take some pot shots. Um, Rapid Fire 1 at 24 inch range for a Necron warrior with AP minus 1 is not terrible. Um, not terrible at all, especially with how small kill team boards are. You're oftentimes going to be getting those two shots off. But... Um, but the reality of it is just when you compare points-wise, 12 points for a Necron Warrior versus a Flayed One, also taking into consideration what a Flayed One gives you, which is all that immunity against getting shot back, um, it, it, it's hard for me to justify one over the other in my, in my personal opinion. Um, do you know if he took... Uh, I didn't see their uh, game, and I was looking for it in VODs, and I couldn't find it, but um, do you know if he took any of those Warriors against... Uh, against um, against Alex before in the previous match. I think he's been on taking a flayed one leader, but every game that I've seen, he's had two of the Necron Warriors just in there. Yeah, and then he brings two Lich Guard, one Combat, one Zealot. Okay. Okay, probably roughly seven or eight uh, flayed ones to round that out. Yeah, it's, it's a very straightforward list, and uh, it's, it's very similar to the list that I built, except I, I really don't like shooting. Honestly, so I have to just fill out every list that I build with most as much melee as I can. Um, probably why I skewed my opinion on that a little bit. 
But, I mean, the thing about flayed ones, especially as what, what intrigued me the most about them in combat is that even if you can't hide, if you can at least get that obscurity, you're only going out on five. That is an incredible shield to suffer that that uh, hill that you have to climb as a melee force. And that's why I just, with the rerolling hits, rerolling wounds, um, it's just a really strong unit. Now, the thing is, though, if you kind of do the math going up against a, a, a typical... Um, a typical Ashiyani unit, which is going to be T3, um, a 4, or some of them have a 3 up, but a lot of them have a 4 up, some even worse, a 5 up, but if you average it out to a 4 up save, um, what you're going against, even the 1 moon models with Althway, um, you're probably going to need 2 flayed ones to guarantee a kill on any of them. Um, so you, you really need to use that momentum and kind of swarm Focusing on a side, probably how I would approach it, with a ton of that, and aside from having the Lich Guards, which can put out a little bit more damage, but um, no matter how good Flayed Ones look on paper, when you do the math, it's actually surprising sometimes when you look at how much a single Flayed One can do, you oftentimes need a Swarm and get a couple of them in there on an average unit, especially with Ulthway, uh, to ensure that you can guarantee that unit's taken out of action. Yeah, and I mean, Alex, he, he is running that old way, and um, one, I guess this is kind of a good time to segue a little bit and talk about Alex's uh, roster. Mm -hmm. um, he, he did make some adjustments from his run at LVO, um, most importantly being he, he did take a Wraith Guard this time around, and his game against Kingmaker, although he didn't run it against Matt, he did run it against Kingmaker's Necrons. So, I, I mean... How big of a of a role do you do you guys see that coming in? I mean, it's going to be absolutely hilarious when it drops in and uh, takes whatever it looks at to an injury roll. And if he's lucky enough uh, to find a spot where he can maneuver it first turn to, you know, split fire, if he can do that, he can be in a really good spot with it. Um, or potentially but, even drop it in. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Because mm -hmm. what are how many how many models are we guessing that Matt's gonna bring in? Probably somewhere from 11, 10. 12, maybe 10, 10, 11. Yeah, I think that I think that bring keeping it in reserve to drop in. You know, with only the eight inch range, if he goes first, it's easy enough to dance around, so it makes sense to keep it keep it in reserve, and then. Matt will either have to hold Flayed Ones back in order to screen it out, in which case Flayed Ones aren't in your face, so that's a win. Or he sends them forward to go after the, the, the juicy Eldar and leaves his uh, backline open for the for the Wraith Guard to drop in and start harassing his back objectives. Having yeah. at least the threat of a deep strike, I think, is going to be key. Um, and they both have a really good potential for that deep strike because Flayed Ones, I think they have a tactic as well, right? can drop in a few of them. Um, and Eldar, as we know, have plenty of tactics to let them yeah. do stuff. Uh, those kind of shenanigans. And I think that threat's really going to... I think that's going to be really be key on Alex's mm -hmm. win um, to at least have the threat of a Wraith Guard simply because it's going to prevent a lot of assurance in ignoring that back line and like you said Alex just making them making him forced to make decisions that he's not too happy with leaving played ones back for a second wave that you can take advantage yeah. of I know I'm kind of jumping the gun here before we've like fully hashed out Alex's list but I really I really think this game's going to come down to 
Alex forcing Matt to have to make decisions and like the you know put him between a rock and a hard place because Matt's Matt's list does one thing it runs forward and eviscerates you but Eldar are tricky and as long as he can he can force him into doing what he wants to do and kind of be adaptable because you know whether he's you know fire and fading or feigned retreat to uh, keep shooting and leave flayed ones high and dry or uh, you know keep the selective charges in with his melee units to try to try to eat up one or two uh, necrons at a time he's got to play the he's got to play cagey in order to to dance around the just the onrushing wave of necrons yeah no I mean I, I agree you have to I mean you have to use that kind of maneuverability and and kind of exploit that one weakness the necrons do have and that that lack of mobility that they they've got. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know for a fact that he doesn't enjoy playing that Wraith Guard. He does not like it. Because it's mm -hmm. not it's not his play style. And I mean, I think that's... It's been like kind of a slow process, him kind of slowly bringing it into his, uh, I guess, arsenal. Mm -hmm. um, he played against Matt the first time, and that game did not go very well for him at all. I mean, part of it was he, he did roll quite a few sixes in that one round, but... Yeah. Um, I think, generally speaking, the Wraith Guard turns that match up from... Well, I mean... from being, yeah, on its head, kind of. Because there's so much about the Wraith Guard that it's so good there. I mean, it's a big beef unit, three wounds, that's nice. But that D-Sight, auto-hitting. Um, I think it's Assault. Um, he can fall back and shoot because of the uh, the Wraith Guard ability. Um, Even better worth, than that. Does it, does it let you react when he yeah. falls back? Yeah. You can shoot or react after. Oh man! Ooh, so Ooh that's gnarly. And and it's one damage. Yeah. Like I was I was I was looking at his list, and I think I might have mentioned this while we were chatting before we got onto audio. But um, God, if he had a howling banshee, howling banshee exarch with mirror blades, it would have been so juicy in this matchup because he just needs more one damage to prevent those sixes from showing up, and mm -hmm. he's just got too much D three, and that that's great for everyone. Except, <laughs> Except yep. Well, the thing with D3 damage is that more often than not, in my experience at least, D3 damage is basically one damage anyway. So. <laughs> the math nerd in me wants to tell you that you're wrong. The team player in me knows that you are absolutely correct. I mean, we're kind of nearing the end of this segment here, but we want to go through and make uh make everybody that we talk to do predictions so and obviously there's there's a safe prediction and there's kind of a, a less safe prediction but i guess i'll start with i'll start with you Emmanuel. um do you want to try and call it any any particular i'm, I'm like i'm liking necrons in this matchup when i look at both of those both of those rosters i'm really liking necrons irrespective of players Put same skill player, same perspective player on both sides. When, because I, I played around with uh, Alex's roster quite a bit, and I wasn't happy with anything that I put together to go up against what I thought Matt would bring. Um, it, it it cut into numbers quite a bit trying to get that wraith guard in there, and I wasn't a huge fan of that. But uh, I, I really favor Necrons in just this matchup comparing roster to roster. 
You would, orc boy. <laughs> okay, I guess moving on over to uh, to Alex. Uh, do you do you differ in opinion from from your? I think. <laughs> I think that uh, I think game one, Alex takes it. I think the the battlefield is uh, hugely in his favor um, for the first game with that deployment um, and with the with the the round towers of the TTS map. I think that Matt's going to get lit up for a couple turns before he can do much of anything. Um, and then at that point, Alex can move in uh, and uh, and do his mop up. Um, but so he wins that, and then they go on and play the the second match. And I think that I think that with that uh, the balanced map, um, I think that I would give a slight edge to Matt. So I think I think Matt takes it overall, but I think Alex wins the first game. There you go. There's my prediction. <laughs> okay, I like it. Yeah, split decision almost. Almost. It's more like two thirds. Yeah. <laughs> and, now, and now and now both of them can be angry at me for saying that they'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up for our uh, our esteemed panel of guests, we have. Glass Half Dead. How's it going? Hello, I'm doing fine. How are you guys? Good, good. I guess just to start, uh, you've taken a look at both of the rosters now. Yeah. Uh, is there anything, I guess starting with Alex's roster, is there anything that kind of sticks out to you that, that might be different or that might help well, a little bit more? Um, I mean, so yeah, there is one thing that I find weird about his roster. But he's obviously already played it this way, and and it works for him. So he and he knows Aziani far better than I do. Um, but the fact that he's using uh, the Die Avenger Exarch with the uh, dual Shuriken catapults as the leader absolutely boggles my mind. Um, I assume that he's run the numbers and figured out that uh, it works, and he's obviously gotten the entire way through the tournament using that. But I still find it uh, very risque, especially since, as we all know, most people are tending to, uh, you know, take you know the grot leader, leave it at the back, have it do absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, that's my main thoughts about his roster. Everything else is pretty standard as a Yarny tech. Um, and I suppose the other thing is that I have played him once or twice. For those that don't know, I played him at LVO in the top eight, and I've played him twice. No, three times, sorry, uh, in your Command Point Invitational uh, on TTS. Uh, one time he... No, I yeah, I played him twice. Um, and as I was helping him beat Necrons, I was playing Necrons, uh, and he tried the, the Wraith Guard out against me. Um, and he, he's loving it against Necrons, as far as I can tell. Uh, which makes sense, uh, as that was the thing that beat me twice at the LBO top eight. So yeah, that works. The way he runs his eggs are it's definitely it definitely is a uh, risque as you say. Um he's just super aggressive with that model. Yeah, so specifically with the matchup against Necrons, now I assume that uh Matt Matt H is gonna be running mainly played ones. He's only he's only got four warriors on his list. Um maybe he'll take one or two, I guess. Uh, but 
I don't, I, I haven't seen him play, I don't know what he's typically running. Uh, but the thing about the Dire Venter Exarch, when you're going up against uh, Flayed Ones, for example, is, you, you know, he's, he's hitting you on five with four shots. Uh, so you don't really want to charge him, so Alex can be super aggressive with it. Uh, and there's no way for Matt to really deal with it. I mean, apart from just charging it. Yeah. Um, and that works uh, for Alex. And equally, he's got, uh, Matt is going to have exactly the same problem when it comes to his Flayed Ones and Lich Guard trying to get into combat with uh, the Wraith Guard. So Alex has two very aggressive units there. Oh, obviously Alex is also going to take two Flamers, right? Um, in the uh, Dire, Dire Avengers. Yeah, I would, I would assume. Yeah, so he has lots of board control. Um, yeah, he's got four units that are just locking the Necrons down and forcing at least a flesh wound, essentially. Yeah, uh, back on the on the Wraith Guard, it was kind of interesting because that was something that he didn't bring to LVL on his, yeah. uh, on his roster. And since, I guess, talking to Michael and, and kind of seeing it in action, he... Uh, I mean, he started practicing against you, and, and then he took good against Kingmaker, which was kind of a step for him. Because the first time he played Matt in this tournament, um, he didn't bring the Wraith Guard. Right. And that game, I mean, I, I'm sure that's not the only reason, but that game didn't go so well for him. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, th those little adjustments, I mean, the, the Wraith Guard is just such a big factor playing against, uh, against Necrons. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? I mean, I guess if you're looking at Matt's position, like as a Necron player, like how would you approach, like even like handling that thing? Um. Uh, so if you want to actually handle it, as opposed to take a fifty-fifty shot that it doesn't kill you, which isn't really handling it, because then all Matt can do is charge it twice. Mm -hmm. um, or, and uh, you know, if Alex messes up his positioning. Um, giving uh, Matt the chance to charge something else and then consolidate in, then, you know, it's shut down. It's it's not that scary in close combat. The next mm -hmm. one. Um, but if, if that doesn't happen, and he does have to just deal with, uh, you know, something that Alex is no doubt going to put right in the middle of the board, yeah, you, you can't. You just have to run models at it uh, to hope you lock it down and don't die on the 50-50 because it's only damage one. I think, bizarrely, uh, the best way to handle it is to run the list that I ran against it the first time um, when I was playing against Mugti Holy against it, which was my all-warrior list. Um, unfortunately, I got kind of unlucky and didn't get the kill on it I got a flesh wound on it and of course it doesn't care about a flesh wound because it's also hitting mm -hmm. but I mean that's how a Necron deals with it but obviously Matt doesn't have that option he's only got flayed ones and lich guards really so how do you think that the uh, the actual deployment that they're playing on is, is going to factor in like do you think that it favors one side or another um, I mean it's obviously kind of like longer with the, with the shooting lanes a little bit more exposed um I think that any map involving Eldar favors the Eldar. <laughs> the um, they're so fast. It, they, they don't care. They don't care where or how you're deploying. They can be anywhere on the field they want. Uh, whereas, obviously, Necrons are very slow, which is a big negative for them. Um, luckily, you know, th this isn't the furthest to pass deployment could be. But... Uh, so, what... Uh, Matt is probably going to do is 
first turn is just going to be him hiding behind stuff, hoping he doesn't get killed. That's the turn that can really decide it, potentially, with, depending on who goes first. If Alex goes second and is able to just uh, get all the lines of sights, he can get lots of kills turn one, uh, and there's really nothing Matt can do about that. Obviously, vice versa. Um, you know, I'm, well, we all know how big turn one is, right? Who goes first? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if Matt has to go first, and then Alex can just get pip all those lines of sight, I really don't know what Matt will do, to be honest. The uh, the kind of the classic melee versus ranged scenario, uh, especially on this deployment, it's uh, it can be pretty brutal for the melee team to, to not get basically everything they want uh, oh. in terms of order of operations. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, as, as I said, Matt's going to hug the two central pillars um, and just hope that he goes second so that he can't be seen. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, another thing to consider also is uh, that, that might work out in Alex's favor is the mission bonus on this map is uh, getting cool. a kill on an enemy that's within two inches of a deployment on your side. Yeah. And so you have Matt who's going to be kind of trying to march forward and, and get stuck in. That's uh, that's something that could work in uh, in into Alex's favor. Yeah. So obviously, as he's the melee, he's got to hang back. Uh, I'm sorry, he's got to charge forward, which means engaging on uh, Alex's side of the board. Or, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to potentially, but nobody likes being in the centre of the board uh, in the LVO map. Uh, so, I don't know Matt's gameplay style. He might throw uh, a flayed one in there, you know, just to just to see if he can hold and hold more for the turn. But when you're going to go up against two flamers, Dire Avenger, X-Arch, and, uh, you know, D-Scythe, uh, you're kind of screwed. I mean, the real tricky part is, obviously, Alex is, is playing Eldar, which are just incredible on this pack, um, and he's getting better every time he plays, but how steep do you think the situation is where he basically has to win two games compared to Matt having to win one? That is a good question. So, obviously, Matt has already beaten him, right? Interestingly, Matt beat him, I believe, on the same map that I beat him on uh, in the top 8, so obviously that's just not his map and that map must heavily favour Necrons, I assume um, yeah, having to win two games I mean, obviously it's, it's an uphill climb so just logically, I would have to assume he can beat Alex right, like 50-50 I would assume uh, without, without seeing him He's done it before, he can do it again, presumably. Um, I always favour Eldar in every pack. As you mentioned, Eldar are strong in this pack. I have yet to see a pack they're not strong in. Um, And Alex knows how to play them. It is daunting, and, you know, uh, I like Alex the kid, but I don't want Eldar to win. I mean, good luck to him, but I also hope he loses. (laughs) (laughs) We're asking all of our, all the guests here to, I guess, make like a formal prediction. Uh, to try and call it, just to see, you know, who maybe, maybe somebody gets it right, uh, whether it's on a game by game basis or just the overall result. So uh, Necrons will win. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Easy. Is easy. it going to be in the first game, or will Alex take it to the last game? What do you think? Well, I do not know that. Uh, <laughs> the reason I said Necrons are going to win is because otherwise Alex will have to win twice. Uh, and it seems, yeah, I'm just playing the odds on that one. Sadly. Um, if it was one versus one, I'd say uh, Aziani will win, definitely. 
Uh, but because he would have to win twice, I'm gonna go Necrons. Last, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. Um, I really like that you put on this uh, this TTS Invitational. You know, perfect timing. Everybody suddenly getting locked in. Um, I think a lot of people have enjoyed uh, having something to tune into. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. And last but certainly not least, on our list of guests here, we have Bearned 40K. Bearned, how are you Hi. doing? doing good thank you how are you guys doing good yeah, we're doing great i mean we're looking at uh obviously we're in the lvo format and we're looking at the grand finals of uh of this long long tournament we've been running basically i mean not to many people's surprise but we're looking at Oscariani versus uh necrons so gee who would have thought wow <laughs> shocker and speaking of which i'm looking at the roster right now shocker number two can you guys believe it that uh, here on this Azriani roster we see a Flamer both times, both possible to be able to take in, and the Fusion Gun both able to be taken? Pretty much the same as every roster that's ever happened for every Azriani player, Azriani player ever. Wow. Yeah, Who would much. have thought, huh? <laughs> well, there's one difference. There's one thing that helps. He does run the, uh, the beefy Tire Avenger Exarch leader. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah um, so I I hear that he's a pretty aggressive player. That's what I had heard at uh, LVO, mm -hmm. and uh, it'll be interesting because I don't think that this matchup lends itself to that kind of a play style. Really, I do not. Um, I think that if you're running in and trying to get in melee, that's exactly what the Necrons want. I do see a Wraith Blade on this roster, which is pretty interesting. Wraith Blade Zealot, forty-five points though. <laughs> it's probably leaning more towards the uh, the Wraith. The Wraith Guard with the D-Scythe, just because that weapon is the Necron Killer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's It's possible. Um, I was actually wondering about, you know, hey, if, if he does want to play into his aggressive playstyle, I guess maybe Wraith Blade might not be terrible. And one thing that I see is that he does have three of the heavy weapons platforms. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, you think that that's coming into play here? Uh, here in this matchup? I don't well, know if I would take one. I think he's pretty attached to it. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen him not use it. And even if I wouldn't take it, I can't imagine that Alex won't. I mean, it's not about 11 points. You do have the reserve shenanigans that could possibly come down turn one. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I would be watching for if I was Mr. Hole, is uh, that webway shenanigans, getting that strike off, because he's got to make it count in turn one and try to stay shooty, I think, in this matchup. Uh, I don't I mean, think you want to be in melee as T3 against um, Necrons, souped up the way he has him. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you're pretty familiar with Matt as a player. Um, how do you think that he, like, is going to kind of stack up, like, playing Necrons, playing a melee-heavy army against, like, a super aggro Asriani player like, uh, like Alex? Well, I think that I'm looking at the deployment, and, you know, I think that shooting is going to be an issue in the early game. For, for that, but I think the Necrons can take that, you know, with the reanimation stuff. Um, so, you know that Matt is, is all about the uh, the uh, assault, so I'm looking at his roster, and, you know, he, he does have a couple ranged options, but I'm just, I, I don't see that being taken. Um, he has, let's see here, he has the warrior, I guess it's just the the four warriors on here. Yeah. I don't see that happening. I, if I was him, I would probably just do all flayed ones or all flayed ones with the Lich Guard. 
and throw some T5 in there. What would be interesting is if we see a Wraith Blade kind of um, counter to that, and then the, the Lich Guard isn't there, so it becomes a huge waste of points for the Azriani. Um, it, it's a potential kind of a, a swing there. There's mm -hmm. a lot of this game is going to be done in the rostering phase. But looking at the map, too, I think that this map favors Necrons. Um, just because of the deployment zones, how far they're starting. So that's going to limit the amount of shooting that Eldar is going to get to do turn one, you know, before before they get into lines, basically. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. I, if I was to put money on this, I would put it on the Necrons. Another thing, I'm not sure if you know this, but Alex, to win the tournament, he actually, since he's coming from loser's bracket, he has to beat Matt twice in a row. Well, I mean, first of all, it's so cool that the tournament worked out in such a way that that was possible. So, like, props to him either way. I think that he's already a winner for coming back from behind all the way to the front again. Um, so that's that's amazing there. But, yeah, so it's just another thing that's kind of leaning towards Necrons. In this matchup, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, if he does lose to Matt, then it was Matt that took him to the losers bracket, and it would be Matt that would hypothetically beat him here. So that would be the only opponent that he lost to yeah. at this tournament. And he went through quite a few tough matchups to uh, to even make it here. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Matt's solid. He's he's won yeah. pods before and stuff, and uh, I think that Necrons themselves are his superior choice for hold kill. I think that Necro or that um, Eldar have a lot of play and the trickiness and things like that, but the modification that they have on the dice, the fact that they're hard to kill themselves, they have numbers. Uh, I think that Necrons just have it. That they're kind of darlings of the format. Another thing that I don't think I mentioned yet, but on this this mission, the the, the mission bonus in the LVO packet is, uh, it would actually kind of reward less aggressive playstyle from from both players. It's uh, if you get a kill uh, against an enemy that's within two inches of one of your objectives. Uh, I guess one of the objectives closer to your deployment zone, you get an extra point for that. So yeah, that's interesting. That could further yeah. less aggression from uh, from Alex. True. Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting thing to see how that kind of plays into it. Um, bonuses are just weird like, like that. Uh, at least with that one, I'm not seeing a clear, you know, um, advantage to one side. A lot of times with bonuses, it's like oh. It's available to this guy, but not that guy, you know, uh, depending on the matchup. So at least that one doesn't seem one-sided, uh, but it is interesting. Secondaries are going to be an interesting thing here, too. I think Vicious Assault for the Necrons, for sure. Be a oh, yeah. One to get off. Yeah. I just don't know about what Eldar would take here against them. A lot of the killy ones are not dependable because the reanimation... You know, the, yeah, wounding on fours, they don't have a lot of high-strength weapons. And then it's like, okay, if you take the the uh, Striking Scorpion and take somebody out with a mortal wound, for example, you get lucky on that six, that's not on any of these. Um, for Alex, is pretty much every game he's ever played on this packet, he has always taken Steadfast. Um, it's not even yeah. a secret at this point. He always runs Steadfast, and uh, I think Matt's aware of that. Yep. You know... If you can get out early, and that's what the, the Eldar have the ability to do, if you just get out early and you're covering multiple objectives, it's hard to take it from you. Steadfast, I think, is a lot stronger in Arena. Being on the open board, I do think that it's still an okay take um, because the Necrons aren't going to have shooting. 
but it's going to be hard because he's going to come in with a lot of bodies. Like I said, if I was running this, if I was doing Necrons, I would just run pure flayed ones, and that's 12 bodies coming at you um, that are just murderers. And how many objectives are there going to be? I think five. Take a couple bodies and point them at each one, just and just take it. So I don't know if that's a good a good play uh, in this last round. I would think for Necrons you'd go Relic Hunters, maybe Vicious Assault. Trying to think of a third, third yeah, secondary I mean, here. You could always do cut apart. Um, yeah, there we go. That's the three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they're all kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure Matt's actually ran Studfast a couple times in this tournament as well. Um, I don't know if we're gonna yeah, I think he has. Also is, I think every game I've seen Matt play, he's actually run two Necron Warriors in addition to a couple of Lich Guards and then just kind of filling out with Flayed Ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, have yet I think to see if go he ahead. goes and dedicates anything to Shooty, I don't think that that's um, a winning move. I think versus the neck, the Eldar, you know, everything that's not in combat is an advantage for the Eldar. Eldar does not want to be in melee in this match, so you want to give as much chances as you can. Now with Steadfast, that's an interesting thing because that would cause him to hang back with somebody. I do see a case that some people could get a, um, like a Necron player could get Steadfast, for example, the Lich Guard. If you were to just be willing to throw away those points and put a Strength 5, 2 wound, I mean not Strength 5, Toughness 5, 2 wound model that's got reanimation protocols in the back, that would be an interesting thing, but I don't think he's going to do it in this match. I don't know. I think that uh, I think it's going to be rough. Either way, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm just looking at this this um, roster, and like I said, knowing the history of the player uh, that he likes, he prefers aggressive play. I just don't know if that's going to work out here. Um, like for example. He's got the the one veteran on this list. That's the uh, the executioner, right? The uh, or the howling banshee exarch ex with executioner. I don't know that you'd want to even use that, right? Because then you're exactly where where he would want to be. You're spending one CP to get in there, mm -hmm. and then you don't have the CP that's required to do decisive strike. So even if you get that charge off, now you've got all these necrons around you. You've given them somebody in melee, and he's got the two CP for decisive strike. It's just it's a mess. This this matchup is kind of a sweaty one for Eldar, I think. He was really iffy about running a Wraith Guard to begin with. Um, he's really only recently picked it up. Um, yeah. I think Michael convinced him at LVO, like they chatted about it. Uh, I mean, initially, he didn't really like the Wraith Guard because it's it doesn't really fit his play style. Like, it's slower, it's not as like in your face. The points yeah. cost, too, was a turnoff yeah. for him. It's expensive. But I do think it might be a saving grace in this matchup being T6 with three wounds, three up save. That's nice. Against, now you're trying to deny kills. Um, you're going against somebody who, who is very hard to kill. So if you're giving up somebody squishy and they get that kill, a single guy can be that kill one, kill more. Now all of a sudden, if you've got things like this around, it can kind of hedge that up a bit. But it is a big concentration of points. And it looks like he might be trying to go positional, you know, with that history of um, taking steadfast and all that. It sounds like he might be a more positional kind of guy that gets in your face and tries to keep you clamped. And he's not really there for kills. He's there to to keep you pinned, basically, like like a wrestling match or something while he's scoring and the clock is running down. The, the, 
the rounds are going over and over and over to the end of the game. I just don't know if that's going to work in this one. Despite this being kind of a matchup that he's always struggled with, uh, going back uh -huh. to Leo, he did have to beat um, other knockaround player, Kingmaker, in the uh, Losers Finals to even get here. Uh -huh. And that was basically the first time I think we ever saw him take a Wraith Guard. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, it worked out really well for him in that game. But, man, that's yeah, and our, Go ahead. A Wraith Guard going into your DZ is an interesting thing, too, because it's like we're talking about you get him in there and you're starting to score points now he's hard to kill that's a potential thing mm -hmm. it's possible yeah and with the potential risk of the wraith as well you know strength 10 is no joke mm -hmm. so having that strength 5 lich guard might not be great in this match oh okay so so few things that a lich guard has a counter to, you know waiting right there and eldar could be one of them with that so that's a thing uh to watch like I said, I would probably just do all flayed ones. Just get as many bodies as I could on the board and try to get in combat because with the modification he has on dice, he's getting to an injury roll and that's it. And, and I'm not seeing on the roster the same amounts that can be kind of leveraged on his side. And it's not you know an issue to his credit as a player either. This is how Eldar plays. This is how Eldar wins. This is just going to be a rough matchup. Yeah. You know, yep, there, it's just like what what helps you win the tournament against all these other factions isn't what's going to be right there for you in this matchup. If I had to go to Vegas right now and put some money on this, I would probably go with Hull. Yeah. Well, that that's how Vegas odds work. They love yeah. an undefeated. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you exactly. Go. With that favorite, that Vegas favorite. Macarons is kind of something that's always been up there, like that top four, like top table area, but it's never really quite won a big like GT or major. Uh, yeah. And uh, and I think Matt too, he's kind of always been right near the top of those. Like he's he's always placing really well at the big tournaments that he goes to, but he hasn't quite gotten yeah. that first. So. Yeah, he's done it with multiple factions too. That's, that's yeah. an interesting thing. He does it with Gene Steeler cults. He does it with the uh, Heretic Stardies. Now he's got his Necrons going. I think that Necrons as a whole um, were really close to the front, and that was pure hold, hold, hold. And this is hold and kill. And uh, we did see a top eight at LBO. You know, Glass got them there and beat Eldar to get there. He beat Mr. Holy. You know, a lot of people feel to be the best Necron, or not Necron, the best Eldar player in the world to get into that top eight. So, you know, it's just this is this is the format for them. What are you trying to do? You're trying to kill. You're trying to deny kills. They do both. You need to stand on an objective and survive. Okay, it's hard to find something that's that's harder to take out than a, a fresh Necron that's in intervening terrain. Uh, I mean, uh, obscuring terrain within one inch of it. He's only going out of action on a five. You roll a six, he comes back. The five takes him out, but a one, two, three, four is just a flesh whip. It's just like, man, that that's insane. And then you got, like like I said, the uh, modification on your own offensive dice is crazy. They're just OP, please, nerf in this format. <laughs> I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, thank you for coming on and doing this little pre-show with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Honored to have, to have you ask me to come on. Privilege, so anytime, guys.
If you enjoyed listening to this episode, hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon on another episode of the Command Point Podcast.